HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is presented by Shaxbury Cider. Hey, this is Ari Tangora. And Bretton Scott. And we're the hosts of Life's Banquet Podcast on Heritage Radio Network. It's amazing to see and hear the unparalleled content that comes from our community, even with limited financial resources. And they've been doing it for 10 years. The HRN staff and hosts make it look so easy, but making the best food radio out there is hard work. I'm so excited to be a part of Heritage Radio Network, and we invite you to join us in making sure that our second decade, HRN, is stronger than ever. Become a member today! Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate right now! You can even show your support for our show by selecting Life's a Banquet in the designation drop-down on the menu. Thanks for listening to HRN. Bye! All right, everybody, welcome to the show, Life's a Banquet, the show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara. Horrible! Starring your hosts, me, Brent and Scott, and me, Zara Tangora. A show about chocolate and wine and bread, champagne and scandal and crackers in bed. I'm drunk! <laughs> Always. Life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet! Want another? Consider it done. Whoa! Welcome everybody to Life's a Banquet, the podcast about the highs and lows of all things edible, spreadable, and... Horrible. That's my co-host, Zara Tangora. Anyway, welcome everybody. Uh, what a fantastic week. In case you aren't alive or haven't left your apartment or whatever, it is summer. Oh, it is boiling. Not, not officially by the, the, the books of the seasons according to the Apple calendar, but, or the Google calendar if you use that, uh, or the Hallmark calendar if you still use yeah, that. Yeah, there's farmers and their damn almanac, their creepy witch. What yeah. is with that almanac anyway? I don't know, but stay tuned for an episode Who are up the soon. farmers? Uh, they are a group of CEOs and corporate investors on the Upper East Side. That <laughs> I'm picturing a bunch of guys with pitchforks and overalls just predicting the entire future. Uh, the Farmer's Almanac is a wonderful source, and again, we will be doing an episode one day, but it's pretty cool because it tells you all kinds of things. Uh, the best day to cut your hair, the worst day to cut your hair, and this is based on hundreds of real-life uh, incidences where they're like, oh my god, it seems like every August 17th when you cut your hair... It's ugly. So they're actually these farmers right. are using real math. I would like to just I'm gonna <laughs> and put experience. Some, Life experience goes a long way. That's true. Uh, they're hundreds of years old each, 
each farmer is a vampire. If you are a vampire farmer out there listening and you work for the Big Almanac, please email us at lifespanquetshow at gmail.com and let us know what the hell's going on there. Yeah, we're excited to answer your questions. As you can see, uh, we're really laser sharp focused here. We're laser hop- focused we're on this up. week. Zara, tell me about your week. What, what happened? Oh, my Sharona. What didn't happen? That's what I'd like to say. Um, A bunch of stuff, Breton. You know what? I've been perusing the farmer's market, nibbling at mm-hmm. snap peas, poking at fiddlehead ferns, wondering what the hell's going on with everything. And what I would register to me with... It, wondering why there's heirloom tomatoes in... I think there's a lot of hothouse, a lot of... I know, I know what happened, but... I know, it does seem... confusing, right? Well, that leads to my point of being at the farmer's market and being someone who cooks seasonally and likes to eat seasonally whenever... Mm -hmm. Whenever possible. Whenever possible. Chef recommends the green pea pesto with carrot tops. Why the fuck are you having Brussels sprouts in June? (laughs) And if you are, why the fuck... Oh oh my God, sorry, I quit swearing. Why the heck? (laughs) Sorry, children. Uncle Breton's a little upset today. He has a headache. Uh, Bre- Uncle Breton's mean. Um, so and it's what, not from a hangover. What I was noticing was that uh, everything is just so chlorophylly tasting. It's like a cow chewing on fresh cud. Being is that good or in bad? the springtime? It's good, but it's just like that. In, that amazing mm-hmm. flavor of spring to me. Bright is, green. Yeah, bright green. Light. Actually, I'd say light green. Yeah, br- light bright green. You know what I, I mean? I had some arugula that I, some wild arugula that Ooh. I, that was very bright and green. Uh, but I did leave it on the top shelf with the refrigerator uncovered and it did freeze overnight. Yeah. And I had to make it into a pesto. My refrigerator. <laughs> but not fear, I made it into a pesto. <laughs> My refrigerator just betrays me all the time. It's either freezing everything mm-hmm. or it's yep. tepid and warm and isn't giving me botulism. Isn't that the worst when you, when you wash your greens, you really take care of them, you mm-hmm. dry them and then you put them on a bowl thinking, oh, I'll. Oh, it'll be so bright. So as soon as somebody comes over, I'll toss it with lemon olive oil, you know, and some Maldon. Maldon, actually. Just Maldon. Mm-hmm. It's not French. Uh, and then it freezes. Yeah, and it's a fucking popsicle. Wow. Popsicles. In this modern day, <laughs> I Chef can't re- believe it. Chef recommends the arugula popsicle. So anyway, place your greens. Again, must I remind myself on a pretty much four time a week basis for my whole life to put your greens at the bottom shelf yeah the crisper the the crisper drawers are actually they're not just a gimmick if you work for KitchenAid or whatever what who makes refrigerators I don't know cool everybody G-E-L-G right life's good if you work for big LG can you please let us know what's the deal with refrigerators and why they're against us okay sorry so back to what you were saying I was just saying everything's mad green it all tastes there's the flavor of spring which to me Mm -hmm. is like a little bit spicy and peppery and kind of bitter and very earthy, and everything mm-hmm. tastes that way. I Spring made, awakening. Yeah. I made something really good that I was going to bring you a little bit of, what but I didn't. It? So I had some broccoli rabe, which I had seen you at the farmer's market in Fort Greene a couple weeks ago, and I got yeah, that yeah. big, beautiful bunch of broccoli rabe, and I actually hadn't used it, so it was kind of wilting away, very sad. I almost yeah, yeah. had to throw it out, and then I was like, throw it out? You bought this, you're going to just toss out. A- it's green. They're greens. They last forever. Right. So I blanched it, and then I made kind of a pesto with it. I took... Uh, peas, mm-hmm. broccoli rabe, mm-hmm. dill, mint, parsley, trio, cilantro, mm, almonds, oh, anchovies, Crunch. lemon, Salt. and feta cheese. And I whipped it up and didn't make it was a, still a little a couple of pieces of yeah, yeah, almond yeah, yeah. in there, a little chunk of feta like a, here and there, like a like a vegetable, like a dip. chunky uh, romesco, like a like a green romesco, a green romesco. There we go, folks. Yeah. You heard it here first on Life's a Banquet. Yay! And olive oil, of course, yeah. of course. Olive Featured oil. in the Times next year. It was very uh, good. That sounds really fantastic. Anything, you know, I always forget to blend nuts. And you know what? Last night I made a salad dressing and I wanted ranch, mm-hmm. but I didn't have any dill, which I always feel like. Must have dill. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't use the Hidden Valley packet. Yeah. <clears throat> 
Uh, I would, though. Though I would. I would, <laughs> though, I would snort it. <laughs> the, older, the older I get, the less judgmental. I'm like, eh, you know what? It's like taco seasoning. Hell I'm like, yeah. You know what? It's ground cumin and garlic powder and Absolutely. some MSG. Why not? I'd sell it to some kids if I fell on hard times. Uh, but I made a ranch dressing. So I, I used some buttermilk, some sour cream, a little bit of mayonnaise, some mustard, some grainy mustard, and some uh, parsley, chives. Uh, and then I had some, I was like, I want it to be, th- I think I made it too thin. So mm-hmm. I got a little nervous. Some shallots, some capers, you know, the usual. Some lemons. Uh, some, uh, <laughs> sure, sure. My secret ingredient. Oh, yeah. And then I shaved a half a pound of manchego cheese into it. Yes! Like, Smart. fine. And I was like, oh, it's just, now it's like a Caesar dressing. But Smart. It was, what's the difference, right? There's none. And I have to say, it was divine, although a little wet. Uh, but that was my own fault. Ooh, wet. TMB. Sloppy. Too much buttermilk. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. If, if I had a nickel. <laughs> um, I had a salad dressing, so I went to Ops the other night, which I love. I really do think. Ops is a restaurant in Bushwick. It's a pizza place. It's a pizza place opened by some lovely people who are mm-hmm. Marlowe alum, um, some really nice folks. And I just really love it there. The price points are correct. The food is delicious. The pizza is so good. Um, and they have always like a big salad on their menu and it's always crunchy and delicious and yeah, full of great big. things. And they had a ricotta dressing that mm. was so damn good. Yeah, don't forget to put cheese in your dressing. Yeah. Though. So that's, you know, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you? If you have an option to put ricotta cheese in anything, including like an enema, in a face cream, mm-hmm. a present for your mom just wrapped up in paper. <laughs> yeah. Instead of water balloons, ricotta balloons. Oh my <laughs> God. What did you make this week other than that dressing? Well, let's see. I made that. I made a big batch of black beans. Of course you did. Beans are one of my specialties. Breton's Beans. Breton's Beans. www.bretonsbeans.net. Call us. (laughs) .net. I love, I made black beans because I just wanted, you know, it's nice to have a big thing of beans. I don't like to buy canned beans short in a pinch. I just feel like I can't get the flavor that I want. True. Uh, Although they are, you know, when in, when in a pinch, if you're like, oh my gosh, I have people coming over and eat black bean quesadillas in 45 minutes or less. Mm-hmm. I only have the Rachel Ray cookbook, of course. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I like to keep them in there. They actually freeze really, really well. Yeah, they do. Uh, and I mixed it. I made a mole-ish sauce. Ooh. So I did, I had some leftover chilies that I got in Mexico City. One of the bags that I had had mildew all over it. Good grief. Good grief, right? So I had to throw that bag away. I was very upset. It was 29 cents. Uh, it doesn't matter. I had to smuggle it in. And then the other bag was perfect, and I can't remember the name of it. They were kind of like guajillo chilies, which are a dark red, medium spice yeah. chili. And I just blended it up with a little bit of honey, w- hot water, yeah. and that's it. And pour. And it was, you know what? It's like a barbecue sauce. Yes, it is. Ch- uh, Chinese, like Chinese barbecue. I get confused. <laughs> it's okay. Well, that oh. sounds delicious. What can't you do, do with a bean, huh? I don't know. Oh, and I made, um, what are those things called? Savoirdie. Ladyfingers. Oh, excuse me. Are you going to, I'm sorry, are you prepping for a tiramisu? I was thinking about it. Yeah, ladyfingers. And you know what? I used this one, <laughs> one bowl, one bowl, one bowl. Everybody's about the one bowl. Dirty one, right? One bowls are, pe- okay, first of all, well, I do future, dishes by hand. We only have one bowl. Sorry, I, I, let me let me interrupt myself. Please. I do dishes by hand. I've never had a dishwasher. I think it, I had a dishwasher growing up, but never... In my very own apartment. Mm-hmm. I think one time in Chelsea, but it didn't work. And it always was broken. And I was, you know, like, I had roommates so that I always put everything in. Yeah. And I'd still have to, like, empty all of it. I just like to get it done. Hot water. I get that metal. You have to use the metal scour pad. I have a series of brushes. I have my dish soap in a squirt bottle and a pump, just in case, like, whichever way I want mm-hmm. to do it fast. And I just get it done, and I dry it right away, and then it's done. Yeah. And then, yeah. but usually just to, so the listeners know the truth, 
Typically, there is still bits of food avocado, on the guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you have to give it in a nice dry, a tr- triple check. And then for the third time before you serve your guests, just give it a quick wipe. Uh, no, but the truth is, I don't. If I am cooking, if I'm baking something, uh, for example, ladyfingers. Yeah, yeah. If I use an extra bowl, and I'm already washing dishes or putting in a dish- dishwasher for that matter, I don't think it's that big of a deal to use two or three bowls. Absolutely not. I just not. don't. I don't care. Not at all. I don't want to. I don't want to be like, oh, I'm not gonna redo that because I was going to do this. This recipe says one bowl. Absol- Is it convenient? I guess. Sure. If here's the thing, if you don't have enough time to wash an extra bowl, then you don't have time to make lady fingers from scratch. The, there you go. That's the thing. Like, then what the <laughs> fuck are you doing baking? I don't Get the know. Heck out of the kitchen. There's too many bakeries and to go food. Just order lady fingers. Exactly. Goodbye. Fresh Whoever, direct. Who wrote this recipe? God anyway, damn it. I used the one bowl method. Perfect. How did it come out? <laughs> perfect. Amazing. Uh, actually, it was not that. Per- it wasn't one bowl because you have to temper the egg yolks and so you had to put them, you know, raise them at 165 degrees over a double boiler and then whip them and they were, you know what? I don't know. Is that something that's worth making? A lady finger? Absolutely yeah. not. I no. don't think it is. It's fun. To me, no. It's fun. I yeah. like baking, so I'm like, yeah. why not, right? If yeah, I have yeah. an extra, from start to finish, it took me 40 minutes. Okay. 35 minutes, and uh, 20 of that was baking. Question. And I did 40 push-ups, 10 sit-ups, <laughs> <laughs> vomited twice in the bathroom. Two lines of cocaine. Two lines of cocaine, um, and four Adderall. Why lady fingers? If you work for Big Lady Finger, please call us at lifespanquetshow at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I actually have a question for you. Yeah. Breton. Uh, sparkling still tap or sewer for you? Mm, uh, what's free? Mm, sewer and tap. <laughs> mm, you don't have that sparkling on top that some of the restaurants do? Oh my God, Sumtown. Sorry, plug to Sumtown, unpaid. Okay, hold on a second. Go ahead. Because you said that. Sparkling still or tap. Shall we reveal yes. this week's topic? Please. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are... We are tackling the obvious today here at Life's a Banquet. The obvious that you didn't know that existed right in front of you at every faucet, in your toilet, in your sink, in your neighbor's In your garage, body. In your body. In your very own body. In, in your, the air that we breathe. In your backyard, above you, below you, around you, and beneath you. In a hose. You basically <laughs> squirted out. In a like balloon. A times. Yeah, in a balloon. That is... Ladies, good old fashioned. Ladies and gentlemen, good old fashioned. <laughs> water to uh, water. The water sowed. The water sowed. Water world. Not to be confused with watermelon. <laughs> water worlds. Not to be confused with Kevin Costner. <laughs> At a budget of one point two billion, grossing ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> what a fail! Oh, I still never saw it. I'm gonna watch it. It's probably oh they'll probably get famous in twenty years. Like, whoa, this is amazing. Totally, Kevin Costner. Just for the record, is the hottest person ever to live. So, uh, some interesting facts about water, Please. and that is the fact that we are made up of entirely of water, so don't even worry about it, and air, and carbon. Uh, but besides that, uh, I was actually, doing, when I was doing my research, I'm like, sure, water, water, water everywhere, right? There's mm. salt water. There's mm. sea. I was salt, and I was like, wait a second, this is a gigantic topic. It looks so big that it covers most of our Earth. I know. And you, I said, do I go in the direction of climate change? Do I talk about water conversation or conservation? Do I talk about water i don't know like where do i go where do you even begin with the topic well i decided to focus simply on how water is delivered right i love kind of the obvious right and really there wasn't i think it wasn't until 1850 1860 don't quote me in the dates because i'm not a professional uh professional historian that is and that was when water was first uh used in the white house on the first floor plumbing 
oh as we God. know, right? So then water treatment facilities became available later. Uh, and really, you cannot have a functioning society without water and plumbing. No, absolutely not. You can not eat food for 30 days, for 40 days, but if you don't drink water for a couple days, you'll die. I mean, like, you know, you'll just dehydrate and die. You'll shrivel into a prune. Yeah. So you can, we can live without food. We cannot live without water. No. So uh, New York, New York City, uh, which uses hundreds and hundreds of millions of gallons of water per year, uh, it's very important to find a source. Now, luckily, we live right by uh, the Adirondack Mountains, mm-hmm. and our ancestors were very, very smart. They were very smart, and they built these giant reservoirs. Um, one like of the them Croton, is the, yeah, the right? Croton Reservoir, and then the Delaware, and then, of course, one of the biggest aqueduct uh, and engineering feats in the history of all of humanity in around, like, 19, turn of the century, 1915, 1917, the Catskill Aqueduct. Oh, I don't know it. Yeah, well, it's gigantic. It and sounds fabulous. It's wonderful. <laughs> Water gushing at... <laughs> Picture it. Yeah, picture it. Water gushes at 20 feet per second. It's wet. Uh, So basically all these water, I'm sorry, this water is reserved and there's 500 billion gallons of storage. So the time that you turn in your water and drink it from your faucet, if you do that, and I do use a Britter. A Britter. You use a Britter? I use a Britter. Oh. Uh, It's about two to three months. From the time that the water comes up, and that includes water treatment, the addition of fluoride and chlorine, Goodbye. which is why I filter my water. I sure. You know, some say, you know, too, like we have very old pipes in New York City, mm-hmm. and some of those pipes contain lead. Mm, love it. Love lead. Also, Ooh. the water that comes through, you know, this comes in contact with microbes and what's the big scare? Christospor- Christosporidium. Bird flu? Christosporidium. Oh, Christosporidium. Uh, and they actually use an ultraviolet light to zap it out. So our water Whoa. Ha- is radioactive. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right? That'll- so we are all... So when this explains what's going on in our humanity, yeah. we're just all... It explains my static cling also. That's I know, right? Today. <laughs> explains those crazy <laughs> circles in your eyes right now. I guess that's why I bit into someone's neck earlier today. Uh, but anyway, these... Very old, ancient uh, aqueducts. I mean, they're not that ancient. I mean, not compared to Rome. In New York, we are fortunate enough that the the mountains are high enough so that the water <clears throat> is pressurized simply by gravity. Wow. Whereas if you think in Rome, where they invented the aqueducts, apparently they have these big things that are up high yeah. up on bridges and, and in the mountains. But we don't need that because as long as your building is six stories or under, gravity will bring that, that water up to your... Think about That's that. That's amazing. Think about that, like, simply by the... And this was something that was a concept that was invented a couple thousand years ago. Yeah. Right? And we're just still using the same thing. It's incredible. Now, and when they built those tunnels, or the aqueducts, they were actually tunnels underground, and they used dynamite. And I guess a lot of them were uh, just hand-hammered by Irish laborers. Oh, my God. I'm sure there was all kinds of people doing it. Or Irish people. The Irish were really, they are workers. Uh, absolutely hard workers wonderful people very funny and have had quite a time of it throughout history may i say it's poor irish people. well i think they're doing really good right now mm-hmm. luck of the irish look at Pedro o'rourke yeah exactly <laughs> okay so i don't know that's where i've got basically that's amazing and then from that in new york city we have some of the best pizza and i can't say it bagels oh my god you did it brett normally says oh, yeah, bagel bagels bagels um <laughs> in the world and they say it's because of our water and yeah. nobody knows really the secret 
you know, some, maybe it is the fluoride. Maybe it is the chlorine. I think it's just because people here, I because if you refer to our bagel episode, there's Im- a lot of Jewish immigrants mm-hmm. and Polish immigrants, and they are good at making bagels. And that's just Italian just people skilled, are good yeah. at making pizza, and both those people live here. That's and, why I think there's good pizza and bagels here. And of course, there's a lot more competition, which means people probably practice more or are a little bit more obsessed. Exactly. And they're type A. And well, back in the day, I mean, those were like considered highly ethnic foods, right? I mean, this is just conjecture, but I think like bagels and mm-hmm. pizza now they they seem ubiquitous with American cuisine. But back in the day, those were super. You know, we've you can check out our older episodes on, but yes. yeah, exactly, Please do. yeah, they, it wasn't like you walked down the street and had a, it was a considered not cool at one point. It was point. like, whoa, like you I'm didn't going- eat I- Irish, you didn't have like I- Irish Day or St. Patrick's Day that was not celebrated, that was right. considered the dirt of the earth, exactly. Well, why would you want to celebrate anyway? Cre- yeah. We have come a long way, sort of, we sure in have in a lot of ways. Water is a very, very interesting topic, though, and it's so broad, and like you were saying before, there are so many different kind of angles you can take with it. The history of bottled water was something I was thinking about doing. Mm-hmm. At one point, I considered <laughs> doing the story of the movie Waterworld getting made, but I knew that was it would probably anger yeah, you yeah. because it has nothing to do with food, but it, it would have been funny. It would have been a failed episode. Yeah, it would have been. A, exactly. <laughs> um, it <but> flopped. I, <laughs> it's sunk. Um, okay, so, but after the break, I would like to tell you a little tale about an interesting story about, you guessed it, water. Mm, cannot Go- wait. Goodbye. This episode is brought to you by Shaxbury Cider, who believes cider can be daring, complex, and eminently drinkable. Located in Vergennes, Vermont, Shaxbury make a broad offering of ciders, from the bright and fruity rosé to inventive, small-batch wild apple fermentation. Each fall, Shaxbury takes to the hills of Vermont to forage for the wild and forgotten fruit that make up their lost apple project. Shaxbury, producer of the first American-made Petnat Cider, continues to experiment every year with limited edition ciders designed to spotlight locally foraged fruit. To learn more, visit Shaxbury.com or follow them on Instagram at Shaxbury. You know what's the best thing when you're really, really hot or if you're working in a restaurant, working in a restaurant, you're on the line, right? You're cooking, you're, you're a chef, you're line cooking. Yeah, bro. Yeah, pick up. Two <laughs> Fire. <lamb>. Four potato. <laughs> 86 brisket. Yeah. <laughs> 45 salads with micro, I'm micro make, tarragon vinaigrette. We're making fun of like our actual selves. I know, I'm doing that tomorrow. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, when you finally get that quart container of water uh. and... It's so cold and you're so hot. You just slam it and there's nothing, not one thing in the world that could feel as good as that. I think the only thing that feels as good as that besides peeing when you really, really have to, also water related, is when you drink that first crispy cold beer at the end of a shift (sighs) when you're you're really in the weeds and you realize that you've been like standing and working for so long and cooking and you're sweating hot and you're like, oh my God, it is time to have a beer. This is amazing. I, uh cooked at a restaurant last Wednesday and we did friends and family. Mm. It was very, very stressful. I bet. Uh, but really fun. And I remember I didn't drink because I was like, you know what? I don't want to drink. Somebody offered me a glass of wine at 7.30. I'm like, too early. I don't even have time. Like, Mm-mm. I don't even have time to pick up the wine into my mouth. And also, I don't know what I'm doing. And as a 
slightly irresponsible adult, mm. I still was like, I can't. Like, I w- I kind of wish I could, but yeah. I, not possible. Uh, and then at like 11.30, I finally made a giant quart container wine spritzer. Ugh. Delicious. With the lemon juice, and I was like, "This it's heaven, yeah, perfection." Half a glass of wine, almost one quart of water. If anyone out there wants to pretend to be like live it up like a real chef, get yourself a plastic cork container, fill it with some ice, yeah, all the rage and water. And then when you finish the water, put some beer on top of it and have an ice beer in a cork container, there which is the real deal. Yeah, real deal. <clears throat> so, Breton, uh, I have a joke for you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I'm already laughing. You're already laughing. What did the one ocean say to another? Oh, what was that? Nothing. It just waved. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Can I have one of these, Jam? <clears throat> Please do. So I've brought in a selection of sparkling waters for us today. We have this weird new kind, ugly water. We have a perfect, classic, crisp, clean, Canada Dry, and of course, a LaCroix Pomplamousse. And we'll get to those later. Exactly. Um, so I want to tell you, and you, and you, and you, both our mothers and you, uh, the incredible, interesting, wacky, weird story of uh, the history of the water fountain. Mm, I'm I'm very, very intrigued. Do you drink from a water fountain if you see one? Uh, yes, I don't even call it a water fountain. You call it a bubbler? I call it a bubbler. That's crazy. That's because you're from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And that's where the bubbler, the modern day bubbler was invented. But we'll get to that in just a moment. So listen, picture it. You're in the in the mid-1800s, the 1850s, in London town. Now, also, bear with me. I'm going to give you the abridged version of this because the totally, like, full-in version is yeah. a little bit boring, but there are some... A six-hour, uh, exactly. six-series <laughs> podcast. It's like some one man's struggle to get the <laughs> yeah. water through the top of the thing. And then he had to add the mouth After guard. After Game of Thrones was the history <laughs> of the water fountain. This season on HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so before potable drinking water was provided in homes, and I want to mention I got most of my info from this from Wikipedia and the Huffington Post. Um, most water was nasty and dirty, and people were getting sick from it. That's the bottom line. There was a bunch of crappy water, whether it came from a well or it came from some person dropping it off to your house. It was all disgusting and nasty. Um, so, But there has been public drinking fountains in Rome for forever, and there still is. Wherever you go in Rome, you can pour water. Uh, now, are those actually... The water source is it from an, a natural aquifer. It's from a natural aquifer in Rome. It's all which kind is of, kind of like a well, sort of. It kind of is, but it's I don't know why. But the all the water in Rome is like it. If you ever go there, it flows through, and they're called um, nasones, which means big noses. Oh, how fun! And they flow out everywhere. You've been to Rome, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, do you drink from the water fountains in Rome? I did. Yes. Yeah, me too. I'm not really. I know I should be because I'm can. I know that disease is not. Cool, but when I was in India, I went to this rest stop one time, and everybody was drinking water. I'm like, well, they're drinking, and I'm sure I could, too. Oh. I did drink it. Nothing happened to me, but... You have had, like, stomach problems for the past 25 years, I got it from Mel's (laughs) Diner in Los Angeles. Mel! I got got E. coli from a beef taco salad at Mel's Diner when I was 21 years (laughs) old, and my stomach has never been the same. God damn it. From that. And so that's why I was like, well, it's already been ruined by Mel's Diner. I might as well have... I didn't even get sick when I was in... India at all like drinking water that was just sitting on a rest road like yeah where did it come from I don't, I don't know. know I don't I don't recommend drinking the water no, because we don't have the bacteria that yeah that we didn't grow up with that water sure in fact if somebody else from a different country came here they might not react to some of our bacteria that's in our absolutely water. bacteria abounds <clears throat> so anyway uh in the mid-19th century in London water provisions from the private water companies were inadequate for the rapidly growing population and it was usually contaminated whether again whether it came from a well or it came from bo- they were selling contaminated bottled water too 
Water, water. Like, got you water here. Got you water, you five, five <laughs> bottles, one dollar. May or may not get you sick. I don't know. I'll sweep your chimney. Um, okay. So the, that was my worst accent. I of, know. Both of, of us. I got stage fright. I was like, I know well, how to I do a great... I wasn't sure if I was going for Newsies I was going to do like Beatles. Italian. Like, Ooh, anybody want some water? Yeah. Water. Walrus. Walrus. <laughs> Strawberry okay, field. Okay. okay. Moving forward. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so uh, because of this, a public drinking fountain movement began, and they started building the first public water fountains in 1859. So... Picture it, 1859, the year that Oregon admitted the, was admitted as the 33rd state of the <laughs> Union. Also, admitted it was a state. Like, oh, okay, fine, we're a state. You got me. I'm not a province. I'm a state. God damn it. I'm not a country. <clears throat> also, in 1859, the first use of the insanity plea in the trial yeah, to prove like, innocence. I, don't know. I, was, I was insane. And also, the first dog show ever. I just mm. wanted to place you there in 1859 in a world. Um, the first fountain was built in London in Holborn Hill. Uh, in that's in the UK. In America, people were also desperate for water fountains, but that fountain became so popular that it was used by seven thousand people a day, which is just disgusting for me to think about. Seven thousand grimy, grody mouths drinking out of the same spout. Okay, Ick. hold on. Quick note: Did you ever go to or outside, especially in a park? I go to Fort Greene Park a lot. I go. I do a lot of my, my exercises outside, mm-hmm. and I often don't travel with a water bottle, so I rely on the public drinking water fountain. And what I do see some people doing: a letting your dog. The, I was just lick. Say that. I'm sorry. I love animals. I love pets. Yeah, I love dogs. Don't have your darn dog licking off the thing. The sorry, dogs. just out of principle. That's my rant. Second of all, then there's children that go up to it, and then yeah. people. I don't know. It's like it's for mouths and like don't put your some people like touch their lips to it. It's cr- well, I'm going to go on about heck? that. What in the f- people listen to me. Are we not teaching our children anything in school? We're teaching them weird geometry and everything. Teach these motherfuckers how to drink out of a water fountain. Also, I'm watching very upper upper middle to very like high class Brooklynites owning Brownstone and they're like like oh my <laughs> my um, pointer mix that I, I rescued from Texas needs to drink water. No, no, no. A dog Absolute. drinking out of a human. That uh, is, get out of here. Get out of here. Get some. Go. Here's sorry. a dollar. Buy yourself here, we're, a clue. We're all about being open and less judgmental here, except I, for that. No, I am. I have no patience or tolerance for that. You know what it is? It's just rude. It's it's inconsiderate of other people, which is something mm-hmm. that I have no which patience for. Which is our for. new society. I'm inconsiderate about people being inconsiderate. So listen. Here's the deal. The temperance movement was happening at the same time. So people who were pushing temperance forward both in the UK and in America were super, super hype on water fountains because it was a way of drinking instead of drinking alcohol. And Mm -hmm. in America, apparently people were drinking a ton of alcohol during that exact same time during the 1850s. Um, Something like a couple pints of whiskey per Right, because there wasn't clean water yeah until they had to drink beer and whiskey yes until the croton reservoir was discovered and they started using it to bring water to the city everyone was drinking booze all the time we're not drinking very much water at all because it was all gross so temperance people clearly living in the wrong decade i know the water fountains just (laughs) like i'm exhausted like i'm so i feel really dehydrated like here have this whiskey (laughs) have a pint of whiskey whiskey came out of the water there were whiskey fountains up until the 1850s that goddamn temperance bores anyway so uh, in New York City, 
it was a huge thing. And the New York Times was like, right when the New York Times started, I think in 1851, they were mm-hmm. like huge on uh, publicizing it. And they were like really pushing the city to make more water fountains. It was this big deal. Like thousands of people would come out and watch each water fountain be erected and like wow. unveiled. And really rich families would make sure that their... Um, their names were imprinted. That their names were on it. Isn't that crazy? No dogs shall sip from our water fountain. <laughs> Unless it's a small Yorkie, then potentially. And, okay, so when first water fountains came out, though, they had a, a metal cup that was attached to the fountain, and everyone would just drink out of the same cup. And they're like, it's so crazy. Everyone's still getting sick. Meanwhile, Every, why does everybody have herpes in yeah, their lips? Everyone has gonorrhea and cholera, and uh, polio is running rampant. We can't figure out where it's coming from. Dogs are drinking it from or washing our butts with it. What's happening? Babies are changing their diapers in it. 7,000 people a day with the one thing, with the one cup. So then they're like, let's My put... God. Exactly. Doesn't it just... I, doesn't seem obvious, but maybe not. I guess it doesn't seem... They didn't know. We didn't it, know. It seems like an adoy situation. But So there was a big ban the cup movement in the turn of the century, and eventually that got overturned, uh, got put into law. So a commonly repeated story says that the Wisconsin-based uh, Kohler company called uh, invented bubblers, and the bubblers were actually the ones... So up until then, they were shooting up straight vertically. Mm-hmm. And I think the Kohler bubbler was the thing that actually invented the vertical spout because people were just putting their mouths directly up to the hole and sucking the water out. You would just like press the button and it would be like, like a squirt gun squirting up. (laughs) John Michael Kohler, who's John Michael Kohler. uh, So I'm from Sheboygan, which is where the Kohler company is. Get out. My my very first uh, restaurant job was with, not that wasn't cooking, my first waiting tables job was with the Kohler company. That's incredible. They have a restaurant. That's so cool. The American Club, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got a tour of the factory. They told you all about it That's when I was amazing. in high school. It's, it's incredible. Let's go there right now. So just to wrap this up, as it as the as time marches on, we become getting into the nineteen fifties, mm-hmm. hundred years later after the water fountain is invented. <clears throat> obviously, water fountains become part of segregation under Jim Crow oh laws. Oh my god, that's right. Black people and white people, and not just black people, anyone who wasn't white could had a drink out of a different water fountain. It's really disgusting because of the awful. Plessy versus uh, Ferguson decision by the Supreme Court in 1896, which ruled separate but equal, uh, which is obviously disgusting and horrible. So it was a you know yeah. huge part of the civil rights, uh, mo- uh, the whole segregation thing, and a big part of the several the whole segregation thing. I didn't mean to glaze over that. Yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, that, that uh, segregation thing. I don't know. I kind of heard about it. No, Came and went. <laughs> absolutely disgusting and awful. And just watch, like seeing some of those pictures of different water fans, just horrible. It's, I've it's seen hard some to of those about. things and some of those, some antique signs in antique stores, you know, where it's yeah. uh, colored people go there or, you know, this way. Yeah. And it's like, horrifying. I can't imagine it, but I guess because we didn't grow up in Thank it. Thank God yeah, we yeah. can imagine it. So, um, with the Brown versus Board of Education uh, civil uh, rights case in 1964, and also, um, what call it, the Civil Rights Act. Sorry, I'm not meaning to. I'm like, and the other thing, the civil. So Brown versus Board of Ed and the Civil Rights Act, which were huge in the mid 1960s, um, brought about the change that there was no longer allowed to be segregation with water fountains. Thank the Lord. It's really, 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 really disgusting and awful. Um, and I just wanted to quickly mention here, since we're talking about water, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't just quickly remind everyone of the horrible situation in Flint, Michigan with their water. Oh, my God. How it's, quickly other shootings and everything have taken precedence right. over. It's horrible. There's a whole groups of people, not just in Flint, but it's very horrible there where their drinking water is not 
they're not able to drink it. It's poisoning them. It's full of lead. It's disgusting. It's really a, it's a crime. It's our Mm -hmm. government, like, you know. Strange that you could probably drive the next town over and everything's fine. Right. It's, or, right. And it's terrible. It's a huge, 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 horrible issue. It's disgusting. It's way too much to get into right now. But I think I just want to mention if you do want to help the people in Flint, Michigan, the United Way of Genesee County is a, one way you can donate. The Community Foundation of Greater Flint also is taking uh, donations that helps people in Flint, Michigan. And then Michael Moore on his website has a ton of stuff about how to get involved in Flint. Mm. And he, you know, just talks about how the damage is largely almost done. I mean, already done to a lot of kids who have drank this horrible water. I know horrible, just poisoned poison by something that we should, well should, I guess that we would seem to have as a basic human right in this country. Right. Uh, yeah. Clean, Uh relatively clean tap water that you should be able to drink. Of course. But you know, a large part of the poor population there, uh, are black and a lot of people there are poor. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you know, those people go disregarded and, uh, it's our responsibility to look out for our neighbors and friends and stick up for people who aren't represented because that's really terrible. Talk about water. I mean, we take it for, look at us. We're just like drinking this bottle of water. Maybe we'll like let it go and like leave it here. And we don't realize how many people not only in the world, but in our very own country go without fresh, clean water. And that is so many people in the world do not have clean water. Yeah. When I was a child, I thought, I remember hearing about water crises and, in. Eastern parts of Africa, well, many parts of Africa at that time, and other countries. This was when I was a child, was the 80s. And I remember thinking, I don't understand. Can't they just. Because I grew up in Lake Michigan. We had tons of fresh water, right? Water, yeah. like water, grass, or sprinklers. And I'm like, well, that seems weird. You know, when you're a child, I'm like, we have water. So shouldn't they too? Mm-hmm. And I pictured, I was like, Dad, why don't we just take these pitchers of water and then just put them in an airplane and bring them Aww. over and then. That's and he's so like, oh, cute. it's not that complicated. It's not that simple. And I was like, yeah. well, no, it is that simple. And then I thought, that is weird. We have, anyway, we won't even get into bottled water because that's a whole I know. Issue. I had a whole thing on bottled water and how much bottled I have a little story before Please. we get into our Please. chef recommends. When I was, I once bartended at Bergdorf Goodman, uh, the women's store on the seventh, seventh floor, BG. Mm-hmm. And this woman, <laughs> this woman comes in. She was very wealthy. I don't remember, but she was I think she was from a different country based on their dress and their accent and the way the conversations I heard. And she said she was demanding she had ordered an Earl Grey tea mm-hmm. and then they had ordered bottled water. So I bring the tea as usual, which, by the way, was made from a hot water source that has most espresso machines and hot water things have an automatic when they set those up in restaurants, they put filters in them. Yeah. Otherwise, it corrodes after a while. Especially at a nice place. Chances are your espresso is made with filtered water. Anyway, uh, and she said, oh, I mean, I ordered Evian, so obviously you made the tea with Evian, right? And what? I've never had anybody ask that. Oh, my God. And then I God. said, no, I didn't. And she said, well, that's just stupid. She, I won't even, she was very rude. She was like, well, that's stupid. If a customer orders bottled water, obviously you should make their tea and coffee with also bottled water. Explain my face. And I, your face is angry, but angry, (laughs) disgusted, barfy face right now. My response to her was, oh, (laughs) I'm sorry, ma'am. I said, see, here at Bergdorf Goodman, we have a reverse osmosis water system. (laughs) 
So all of the water, including the water in the restrooms, is all reverse osmosis filtered. In fact, it's been rated higher than Evian. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for saying that. And then just drank your tea. That's amazing. That's your spoon cake moment. That's my spoon cake moment. Anyway, that's amazing. That's so, so funny, dude. just so you know, it is, especially if you heat up water, if you are concerned about fluoride or fluoride or chlorine which we should be or chloride or chloride or chlorine or, or polaride clocks or all or sodium benzoate or anything that's horrible uh you can i think you can boil it out i think you can leave water overnight and the chlorine will evaporate wow Not just don't watch it yeah just don't watch it it'll never boil so what is your chef recommends tip for ways useful ways to use water in the uh, kitchen one of my favorite questions i always get asked oh. <laughs> now breton what do i do with all this water okay hold on you know what water does it fixes an emulsification it sure do so what am i talking about an emulsification here i mean when you make mayonnaise uh if you make a hollandaise sauce sometimes things can go wrong mm. things can oh, curdle <laughs> oh can't they oh can't they <laughs> if i had a nickel for every time i nearly broke a mayonnaise anyway just add water sure something's too thick Add some water. Just a little bit, though. Little, bit, little, little by little. A little bit. Like, if you're doing an aioli and it starts to break or it gets too thick, add a l- couple drops of water at a time. Same mm-hmm. thing, yeah, like you said, for a holidays. Uh, the other, my other favorite thing that is kind of obvious but not obvious is uh, pasta water. Mm-hmm. When you're trying to, uh, well, you know, at, at right, talk of the town. Cacio pepe. Cacio pepe everywhere. <laughs> Cacio pepe. Everybody's like, oh, just cheese and pepper. Yeah, it is, and it's pretty simple, I guess, overall, but... Uh, the reason that they use pasta water when they're emulsifying that sauce with the butter and cheese is because it has extra starch in the water. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, is it just water? Yeah, a little starch in it, but we're just using water, right? Yeah. Uh, and what's my other obvious thing? Oh, water. Maybe the decree, like cooking something down, uh-huh. right? Actually, all of cooking is when you're baking or cooking something, you're, you're cooking dehydrating something. Goodbye. You're making water go away yeah see you later water bye-bye so i guess is that is that a a chef recommends cook it longer get rid of more water yeah well i mean if you want exactly that's a good point and to that i will say you're talking about pasta water i'm going to talk about water in pasta Mm. kind of the same way as you're talking about but not just the actual pasta water but if you're trying to pick something up and get that glazy creamy kind of thing it always comes from putting a little bit of water or stock in there yep for sure. Um, and then I also wanted to mention uh, a little trick that I picked mm. up from Sammy's Romanian Steakhouse, which oh, is freezing a bottle of alcohol <gasps> inside Our... a block of ice. So Wait, you have the, you know, the whatever. The okay. So if you have a large cylinder, I guess I would say like a bu- a bucket you could do if you have a wine bucket or something. Mm-hmm. Or a lar- if you go ahead and have a large plastic cylinder. Should one find that? Tell me where. <laughs> tell me where you're getting it from. Uh, and you put some water around it. You have to have a tall freezer, yeah. right, or something that can fit that tall. And then you just fill the water, and you can put, even put some flowers around. It's so it. cute. And you put a bottle of you know hard alcohol in there, and then you freeze that, and then you have the ice bound bottle, and you can have a great time with your friends and get drunk. Pass when you out take that bottle of vodka, yeah, each other. It's encased in ice, and you can have ice cold shots you'll never know you'll never know so fun should we quickly do our top three we've been talking we've been chit-chatting so much about water so much so fast okay top three i think we should just do our favorite bottled water any kind of water any kind of water yeah so you tell me what is your 
Um, okay, cool. Um, I guess my number three favorite water is I like I like Lacroix Pamplemousse. Okay. I always go for it. I think it's, it's absolutely all place, delicious. Yeah. Very popular. Um, I think my number two favorite water is I like you know I like Smart Water. I go for Smart okay, Water. I feel bad about drinking bottled water. I know it's ridiculous, but let's just say I'm out and I'm super thirsty and I need something super cute to match my workout outfit. I will go for a Smart Water just like Jennifer Aniston. And my first favorite water is the Water Boy starring uh, America's Sweetheart, Adam Sandler. The first favorite water? It's <laughs> my first... Oh, I'm sorry. My first favorite water. Um, I guess my first favorite water is Pellegrino. Oh, yeah. you're a Pellegrino person. Love the it. The world is divided. I know. Okay, number three. I'm going to start with my favorite uh, hydration method, which is when you're very hungover, which is most days of the week for many of us in New York mm-hmm. and other stressful cities, uh, or just those of us with <laughs> problems. Uh, lemon water. Mm. I do lemon water with some pink salt because it has, or Ooh. some type of salt that has an entirety of of the of tra- tra- trace minerals. Right. Right. So pink Himalayan pink salt is just one of those that has. Blood. So you do a little bit of salt and a little bit of honey or sugar, and then lemon, and that will it's like a natural. It's your natural Gatorade. That sounds amazing. Right. You don't need Gatorade. You don't need to have all those chemicals. Call us Gatorade. Uh, call us Gatorade. <laughs> Number two, uh, I am going to say uh, I'm a bubble. I'm a bubble master. Yeah, you are. Uh, so Canada Dry, as I'm holding right here, Canada Dry, it's very, it's a blue Crack that, and crack white it on can. air. Uh, Ooh, oh, listen yeah. to that cost. It Canada has very thick, potent bubbles, and it has to be in the can. Don't get this, the bottles, uh-uh. the plastic bottles. Um, in the cans, I actually like the best. It makes a great vodka soda, <sighs> a great oh. gin and seltzer, uh, and you can keep that cracked open and it'll still have bubbles. I've left mine out overnight, put it back in the fridge, oh, yeah. and it's still kind of bubbly. The Crunchy bubbles, I'd Crunchy say. Crunchy bubbles. They sometimes hurt your, your at the top of your mouth. Uh, <laughs> and then I would say my number one commercialized, like you can get it everywhere, water, is I'm a Perrier kind of a guy. Oh, yeah, you Perrier, are. I like You're the class. shape of the bottle. I like the color of the green. It's very 1990s. Uh, I love, yeah, it's ten. I think of like tennis, like mm. golfing. Like Another Perrier for you, Breton. Yeah. Well, yes. You know what I don't like? I'm going to say it right now. Okay, I don't like goes. Avion. And don't like Evian. It's, it's like soft. slimy. It's soft. It's so sad. slippery. It's, it's depressing. It's sad. It's terrible. It's just like Dasani. Oh, don't yeah. Even, no. Don't even get me started on Dasani. Call us Dasani. We'll definitely take those out. We love Dasani. Dasani. Dasani is one of my favorite waters. <laughs> <laughs> I take a bath in it. Speaking of baths, um, you should definitely try washing your hair with Fiji. It's one of my oh favorite. My God. You'll I... never have a softer, more luscious head of hair. <laughs> I just I only wash my pubic hair with Dasani. I mean, Perfect. Fiji water and my head with Dasani. Mm, good to know. Um, shower or bath? Uh, shower. Okay, perfect. We can remain friends. Well, again, this has been a whirlpool of an episode. I feel like it's been a watershed moment. Oh, my gosh. I'm just, like, pouring out water droplets from my eyes. I'm going to spray you with a hose. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't think of a good one. All right, guys. Get out your water. Start cooking. Start boiling water. Start freezing water. There's a lot you can do with water. What can't you do with it? Water for dinner. Okay, guys, <laughs> listen. Hasta la pasta water, and we love you very much. Oh, goodbye.
Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.